Welcome to Travel with Stephanie Abrams. Well, you know that um, back in the early fall, we started focusing heavily. Once we were back from five months in Ireland where we got caught in the lockdown between mid-March and end of July, I started making sure that in every show, except the rare show where we focused on something somewhere else, we have featured something I invented that we call Stay and Play USA. And a lot happened this week. Um, Ireland put out a list of countries with restrictions that if you fly into Ireland, even though you're testing fabulously well, you will go into quarantine for 12 days at a very serious cost to you for room and food for that period. And once you're out of quarantine after on the 13th day, you get out of prison. Prison, by the way, is a very nice hotel. Um, the first one that's been officially mentioned is the Crown Plaza at Dublin Airport. And that's where you'll be holed up until you're given uh, papal dispensation to leave. So that's going to cut out, Go even though the U.S. is not, well, the U.S. is not on that list. So for the moment, in theory, I've got to get people on to talk about what's cooking. But in theory, it looks like you could go to Ireland and not get caught in quarantine. If you happen to visit another European country before you end up in Ireland, you're not getting in. Because most of Europe, Brazil, a whole bunch of other places um, are on that list of countries where if you're coming in from there, regardless of what your passport is, if you pass through these other countries, you're going into quarantine. So that's going to put a clinker in the churn, no? But there are a lot of places that still aren't ready for Americans. Um, and there are a lot of Americans who don't yet have the confidence to dally forth unless it's some kind of crazy essential travel emergency something. So, and you can get permission to travel wherever you need to go for whatever reason and still might get caught up in all kinds of quarantine crazies. But why don't you just stay home for a while? And I don't mean stay in your house. Because you know how I railed against that fellow, some government official who came out three days before Thanksgiving and decreed do not travel. And I still believe that's the wrong message. I believe you can travel. If you can figure out how to get in your car, order your groceries online, pull up somewhere with your windows closed, pop the trunk from inside, get your food delivered in the car, drive home and sanitize it, you're still going out, aren't you? You figured out how to go and put gas in the tank and do it at a distance and wearing gloves and masks and washing your hands and whatnot. So if you can do that at home, you know what? You can do that on a road trip. If you're, I have to tell you, I know from talking to car rental companies, the great lengths they have gone to 
to use these magnetic sprays. They spray stuff on and it magnetically sticks to the surface because it's ionized and whatever. And I am now completely out of vocabulary, so I can't explain how it works. But the bottom line is there are all kinds of places using these sprays that last 24 to 30 hours. And car rental companies are often doing things like washing a car inside and out, sanitizing it down and taking it out of the commission for some days before they rent it to somebody else. So, you know, if you do your due diligence and you find out what is the car rental company doing, if you want to rent a car and go somewhere, you'll get some confidence that you can do this safely. If you don't think you want to believe anything anybody wants to tell you in that regard, drive your own car and get yourself out here in the beautiful Berkshire Mountains of Western Massachusetts, from which we broadcast weekly. And I hope when you're all vaccinated and you're feeling safe and healthy, you'll want to come and visit. And if you've got a company you'd like to move here that's non-polluting, we'd love to welcome you. It's a gorgeous place to live and fabulous place for families. And while we are up in the mountains where it is exquisite with tons of outdoor activities, both on lakes and hiking trails and mountains and Constitution Hill, go look it up. Lanesboro, Massachusetts, Constitution Hill. Important to know about. We got all kinds of museums, world-class museums, and all kinds of cultural venues. So it's not just going someplace beautiful like the Poconos. But while the Poconos is a beautiful destination, they can't compete with the cultural venues of Berkshire County. So you don't have to travel at all to go to places to see the kinds of artwork. You'd have to go to London, Paris, New York City, some big fancy museum somewhere in the world. We've got it right here. And so there are places for you to go where there's tons of outdoor activities you can keep your distance from people and you can feel safe because the restaurants, the attractions, and particularly the hoteliers are knocking themselves out to protect their staff and their guests to keep everybody healthy. And so I'm going to take you to, is it the Big Easy? Have I got that right? New Orleans. And we're going to go off and visit a hotel we haven't talked about in a few years. And because of that, with its newest general manager, who for the last couple and a half years has been the GM, a change since last we spoke with the Windsor Court Hotel in New Orleans. And we're going to do that right after this. Guests of Stephanie Abrams' travel shows when here in the Berkshires of Western Massachusetts stay at the delightful and trendy boutique Hotel on North. Visit their website at hotelonnorth.com. I am truly delighted to have on the line with me someone who has been employed at the Windsor Court Hotel in New Orleans during the time when I have been talking to the previous general manager, David Teich, who's now ensconced in South Carolina, and we're going to get on the air to talk about this and that 
in the near future. But that's where he's got lots of family and has moved back to a few years ago. When someone who came up through the ranks at the hotel, starting in less glamorous jobs, if you can call the GM's job glamorous, because if you really know what a GM does, it's a lot of drudgery in there and a whole lot of work, and you're always on call. And it's one of the reasons that the divorce rate among general managers is very high. And the number of women who pursue a career as a general manager is fairly low because the hotel comes first, always. And that can cause dissension when you missed one too many anniversaries or birthdays or school plays or soccer games or basketball games or football games or school plays or whatever. But I love to hear the stories about people who took a job that's not considered glamorous in a hotel and learn the craft of what every department does, understands how the beast operates, and is able to step into the position of general manager with real knowledge of what can be done, what's possible, what can be made possible, what is beyond possible, and knows how to deal with it all, and empathize with the staff and what they have to do to evolve and grow and change and keep the place picture perfect all the time. And so I'm delighted to introduce to you Ralph Mahana, the general manager of the Windsor Court Hotel in New Orleans, Louisiana. Thank you so much for making time for us in your busy schedule, Ralph. It's a pleasure to have you with me. Thank you for having me, Stephanie. So excited to speak with you today. and. So excited to hopefully welcome uh, more, more people to the Big Easy. So talk to me about when did you get your first job at the Windsor Court Hotel in New Orleans? It was it was literally a few months after Hurricane Katrina. Oh wow! And uh, and they were the Windsor Court was uh, was desperate to to have um, to have more employees in, in many different facets and. Probably one of the only reasons uh, a, a sophomore at Tulane University with no hospitality experience whatsoever was able to work at such a world-class hotel. So I started working here at the age of 19 uh, as an overnight auditor, overnight bellman, um, dual position there. And uh, I was trained by I was trained by somebody who was very good at the front desk, and I immediately fell in love with it. And I um, yeah, I, I decided I wanted to make it a career pretty quickly early on in that uh in my time at the Windsor Court however I didn't know it was going to be at the same hotel for 16 years now but um it's a it's a wonderful wonderful place uh as you know you knew David prior to uh to to meeting me now and uh, he was a wonderful leader as well and we're just excited to represent New Orleans the right way and uh be a shining beacon of light for New Orleans hospitality honestly well we're going to take a quick break and come back because you have stimulated so many questions in my mind, and uh, in the next segment, we're going to pursue them. So stay with me, everybody, while we talk to our new best friend, Ralph Mahana, general manager at the Windsor Court Hotel in New Orleans. You can check him out at windsorcourthotel.com. We'll be right back. Don't leave me.
It's travel with Stephanie Abrams. I am so happy to have Ralph Mahana on the phone. And I have to tell you, if you were, if, first of all, if you missed the last segment when we introduced him, remember you can go to sabrams.net, S A B R A M S dot N E T, and scroll down to either podcasts or archived audio. Usually within a few days of the weekend broadcast of the shows, uh, you will find the podcasts and the archived audio. Um, and if, if you've got a favorite podcaster, we're there. Go find Travel with Stephanie Abrams. Uh, but we made it easy for you because we've got, if you go to podcasts, or, um, you'll, you'll find links. And you can just click and you'll be right there. And we've got Spotify uh, right there for you, but we're on iHeartRadio and uh, Google, uh, Google FM, uh, Google Player, um, iTunes is now Apple. Um, there's just you know, name it, iHeartRadio, whoever you like, you'll find us there. But it's easy if you go to sabrams.net, just click right through. So the thing that I find fascinating. Is about general managers is there are certain criteria one needs to be a successful general manager. And really, the word successful um, general manager, um, those two words um, are using them both as redundant because either you're successful or, or you're out. <laughs> you can't do the job unsuccessfully. And somebody that's not going to be good at it um, regardless of what the challenges are for the moment, if you don't or can't or won't rise to the occasion, you're gone. Because to be a general manager, you have to be a jack of all trades, understanding every aspect of the hotel. Foremost, understanding people, being a people person. It's not a bean counting job, although bean counting is part of the job. Um, it's a job about interpersonal relationships with staff, certainly international, uh, interpersonal relationships with guests, um, and learning something that um, is a phrase I thought was unique to a general manager who's now retired, as far as I know, he may have been seduced out of retirement once again, named Hunter Hansen, who for more than 20 years was with Marriott and the end of his career. He went into retirement and was seduced out once or twice by the Naples Grand Hotel in Naples, Florida. So some of you may know or know of Hunter Hansen. But the first time I spoke to him, I fell in love with him. And his sign-off to his email when he replied to me after a phone call, under his name and his contacts, it said, quote, the answer is yes. Now, what's the question? Unquote. And I thought, if that doesn't summarize what it means to be a GM, I don't know what does. And it was a long time before I found out that was not original with him, that that was just a saying out there, but it was the first time I ever saw it in, in print, the first time I'd ever heard it. But that's what it's all about, isn't it, Ralph? I mean, that from, is what it, from that a is. philosophical point of view, the, for a general manager, the answer is yes. Now what's the question? The answer is always yes, and it's funny when you if you try to fight that, and your first reaction is to second guess. You, as a general manager, you have to be a problem solver, and um, whether you're dealing with things on the guest side or the internal guest side, our customers, the employees, 
or ownership or any different angle that there is or, or within, you know, our relationship with the community is so important in New Orleans. No matter what your customer is, you're always going to end up figuring out how to say yes because that's, that's what we do. That's our jobs, and that's what everybody's expectation is. And you have to figure out a way to say yes so it doesn't have a negative impact on the other customers. So I, uh, I have not heard that before, uh, and I will uh, adopt that 100%, but I will, give, uh, I will give Hunter credit for it. Isn't that funny? That you hadn't, haven't heard that before either. And it was at least a year after I saw that for the first time on Hunter Hansen's email to me that I saw it showing up other places. So I don't know. I don't think he was the originator. But you know, in life and particularly in the travel industry, you don't have to invent the wheel. You just have to be smart enough to recognize it rolling by and saying, oh, that's interesting. I could use that in my business <laughs> and adopt it. We're going to take a quick break and come right back, continuing our chat with Ralph Mahana, the general manager of the Windsor Court Hotel in New Orleans, Louisiana. And we're going to find out about his background, what he's done in the hotel, and what the hotel is all about and why you should choose it from other options going to New Orleans. Stay with me. This is Stephanie Abrams. We'll be right back. Portions of today's show brought to you by Curacao, offering vacationers cultural experiences wrapped in history and charming traditional European architecture, a UNESCO World Heritage City on a southern Caribbean island with coves, beaches, and over 60 dive and snorkeling sites. Curacao, feel it for yourself. Visit curacao.com. It's travel with Stephanie Abrams. I am delighted to be talking with Ralph Mahana and because I have never been to the Windsor Court Hotel in New Orleans, we've never met. I don't know that we've ever talked. Maybe in one of his positions over the many years he's been at this hotel, maybe he answered the phone one day and tracked down David Teich for me, the former general manager who I used to have on with some regularity for the longest time because he was always filled with marvelous, interesting content about the hotel, about what was going on in New Orleans, uh, and just a charming gentleman. But that's part of being a general manager is being informed and being charming. And as Ralph Mahana pointed out in the last segment, which if you've missed, you can catch in the archives, audio, and the podcast at sabrams.net, sabrams.net. Um Interesting that putting together that whole concept of dealing with challenges. Now, you mentioned, Ralph, that you got to be a problem solver. And I have to tell you, I have used as my example that a general manager, and this is the reason I like to interview GMs, because in general, the general manager knows more about the hotel resort property than the owners do because they're there minute to minute operationally. So unless the owner is you know, actively involved on a daily basis or is the GM, it's a GM I want to talk to. 
and um, charm goes with the territory. Um, knowledge goes with the territory. And the ability to do things like deal with, you know, the, 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 there's a fire in the kitchen, the executive chef just quit, the air conditioning just went out. Um, there's some disgruntled people on the maintenance crew about how to get something done and get it done by a deadline because a group is coming in. Um, and in the lobby, welcoming a group and patting a child and a dog on the head, welcoming them into the hotel and making them feel at home at the same time. And with a smile. And ice skating like an Olympic champion. <laughs> All at the same time. Would, would that be close to accurate, Ralph? That is that is very accurate. Um, you know, there's a lot of gratification in in seeing smiles, and really, whether the relationship begins with an email and uh, next week I'm coming in and it's my wife's birthday or it's our anniversary, no matter what it is, the challenges that 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 are in front of us every day are trumped by the rewards we get from the gratification of making people happy. In hospitality, uh, what can go wrong will go wrong. And we try to um, essentially have it be a beautiful, organized mess in the in the back of house, so we can put on a, a beautiful performance um, in the front. But at the end of the day, uh, one of the major rewards is seeing the effect you can have on people's lives and the effect people have when they have a, such an experience traveling. So at the Windsor Court Hotel, we had tried to be. A, a branch arm to connect our guests with this wonderful city. Um, and it is wonderful. So uh, well, you it, know, it's, it, we love what we do. When, and, and that will show. And if you don't, I only know, I can't even think, I knew there were two people that had no business being GMs. For the moment, I can't think of who the second one is. So happily, that's faded. But there's one that I will never forget who the great, God of tourism and hospitality needs to take a pair of heavy tweezers and lift this fellow from his misery. Um, he was the a general manager in Scotland. And I have never met such a miserable curmudgeon in my life. Oh, I remember who the other one was. I never even got to meet him. He wouldn't come out of the office. And I, I, that was probably my eighth or ninth stay at that hotel, which I loved. And it's in Ireland, unless. And I remember saying to one of the staff members, he's got an Irish name. Is he really Irish? I mean, I can't you imagine. Haven't had, you haven't had good luck with, uh, with uh, Irish uh, hotels in Ireland and their GMs, I, I see. No, 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 no. I mean, the, you, the, some of the best hospitality in the entire world is in Ireland. Uh, and in Scotland as well, but the, you know there there's um, if we took a meter, you know how they do those laugh meters from just a giggle to, you know, outrageous laughter, um, or yeah. or a meter that's you know measuring something under the hood of a car, and it'll go from you know poor to fair to good to very good or excellent or whatever, and the needle will rise accordingly. I have a little scale. Uh, a little imaginary scale. One day, maybe I'll, I'll put it into some graphic form <clears throat> that goes from uh, cold to warm to warmer to hot uh, in terms of 
the warmth, you know, reception level you will get. And going from the coldest to the warmest um, would be uh, England is the coldest, uh, then would come Wales, then would come, no, then would come Scotland, then would come Wales, and the warmest would be Ireland. Um, that you feel the difference in the personality. People are, oh, I mean, the Irish general, general managers as a whole are phenomenal. In fact, I've told people that aren't doing a good job in a hotel um, that I, if they can get themselves to Ireland, I will get them taken care of uh, and send them to a number of hotels to spend a couple of nights in each place and do some object learning of how you take care of guests. Because it, it comes naturally to the Irish to begin with. But they have some serious educational roots. The Shannon Hotel School, um, it's right by Shannon Airport. Um, the, the people that come through there, many of them are around the U.S. right now. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I interview somebody um, who is Irish and has been in the U.S. for 20 years or more and is a hotel general manager, and they graduated from the Shannon School of Hotel Management. Um, and they, you know, then interned in places on the continent of Europe and in Ireland before they got placed somewhere in the U.S. And then they stuck to the wall here. But, um, you know, you, you talked about your own background and I really want to get into that. When, when, so were the people that had the jobs before Katrina displaced and just moved on or I mean you said that's how you got your job because suddenly there was availability they needed people and they needed people you felt desperately enough that they took you <laughs> so that's a <laughs> modest way of putting it but I'm sure you were a shining star they wouldn't have taken you at all but what, what happened to the other people so certain positions uh did certain positions that was sort of guest service staples or um, or, or some of the culinary department, they did come back, but it was it was those one-off positions such as um, such as overnight bellman or uh, or, or an auditor, um, some housekeeping positions. Put it this way: half of the departments came back very, very robustly and well right away, and then there was some other unique positions such as engineering is another one that. Um, that everybody did not make it back to the Windsor Court Hotel, even though uh, the Windsor Court certainly did everything it could to take care of every all the associates during the storm. But some people just didn't, quite frankly, didn't make it back to the city at all and, and relocated to Atlanta or Houston. Um, so we've grown our population since then, and the Windsor Court has certainly thrived since then. But that is how I got my foot in the door. And what was that first job? What was your first job? It was an overnight bellman front desk agent, front right. desk auditor, And you did that for how long? I did that for eight months. Um, I continued at the front desk, but I was in that particular role for about eight months. Okay, and then what happened? So then I was performing well on the overnight shift, and they wanted me to uh, start training, but it's hard to be a trainer and just work overnight. So oh, no, that's I impossible. To... That's not going to work. 
<laughs> no. no, exactly. So I started to sort of split my time, um, and I would, I would, um, we got another overnight auditor, and I would train the rest of the agents at the desk, and people would say, well, how are you training when you don't even have much exposure to guests overnight? But at the end of the day, you actually learn to lot to deal, to be a better problem solver at the front desk when you do work overnight, because uh, issues tend to happen that are uh, more substantial in the overnight shift. So uh, I learned a lot quickly, and I dedicated myself, and it worked with my school schedule. So I continued uh, throughout the ranks of the front desk and just moved my way up until um, I was front office manager. What was the most challenging situation you can remember in overnight unexpected problem solving? Well, there's an obvious there. There would be one that's obvious when it, it was something as uh, as obvious as a fire alarm going off. But one that stood out to me above all was somehow our reservation system. We never ever over ever overbooked the hotel. I mean, we just had a standard not to do it. Somehow our reservation system was left open, or there was a glitch in the system, and there was two guests that had booked our hotel and showed up. Uh, for reservations that that really we did not have. Unfortunately, the people that booked the hotel uh, at at the last minute, they were able to check in, and we had two guests that had the hotel booked for about a year who were unable to check in, and it was was kind of a nightmare scenario. The city was sold out. The closest hotel was about 20 miles away. I mean, talk about panic mode. We did not know what to do, but... Yeah, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we uh, we were able to figure it out, and um, and it was What'd a citywide convention where some people knew each other. So basically, we had to turn one room into two, essentially, and split it up and put dividers and curtains and things there overnight, so two guests could share a room, which they actually um, so kindly offered to do, and we made it up to them. A hundred percent throughout the rest of their stay. I actually had a wonderful time in New Orleans, and I still talk to those guests to this day. Some of the best relationships I've made have been from problem solving. Yeah, and that's you know you bring up a really good point. Um, people are assigned their rooms based on when they arrive. You're really risking being walked somewhere else or finding out. There's no room for you at the inn, and if you're there during Mardi Gras or some festival or some convention that's going on, yeah, cities sell out. Um, And, you know, now what? It's not an easy story. So do your best, people, to check in as early, as close to when check-in is permitted as possible. And often, even if check-in is 3 p.m., which it was traditionally... Uh, with some places allowing check-in at one or two, uh, and more recently, hotels moving check-in to four, which I think is dirty pool myself, but that's, hey, we'll talk about that. But um, if you're going to show up at noon, just may you can check you can get yourself into the queue for getting your room assigned. If it's not ready yet, the bellman can check your baggage. You can go out in the city and play. And when you come back, they'll give you your key and your room assignment. But And if, you, if your room is ready because the night before there was nobody, you know, in that room or they've got, you know, it was a quiet night the night before, 
um, there's a good chance they may give you early check-in, which is marvelous because you can get settled and really have a full day. But you can still have a full day if you get there and they say, you know, your room's not going to be ready till 5 by giving your luggage to the bellman and go have fun. Go out for lunch, go sightseeing, go shopping, uh, and all the other wonderful things there are to do once you are in New Orleans. So, um, where did you end up ultimately? What departments did you move through? So after the, I, I actually, I did something that a lot of people don't hear. I Oh, I, you know help. what? I, I just realized we've used up the time in this segment. We're going to answer that question in the next segment. I'm leaving you on a cliff, people. We'll be right back. It's travel with Stephanie Abrams. On the line okay. with me in, in a, an hour that is flying by rapidly, my okay man, Ralph Mahana, the general manager of the Windsor Court Hotel in New Orleans. Go check him out at windsorcourthotel.com. The place is wonderful. I just want you to run through all the different departments you've worked in over the last, how many years are you there now? Six, 16 years. Okay, so... We went from bellman, uh, night bellman, overnight auditor, combined as a job since there aren't a lot of people checking in in the middle of the night, so there was more for you to do. Um, and then we went to what? Front desk, was it? Yes, we went, I, went through the, I went through the front desk ranks and then begged to go to our housekeeping department because it was really would have made me well-rounded on the other side of the rooms division. So I went to housekeeping uh, as the assistant director of housekeeping. I worked my way up to the assistant director of housekeeping. And then I had a chance to go to food and beverage without any food and beverage experience. So I said, I have to do that. So I went to work in our grill room restaurant, our polo lounge bar. Uh, I worked at afternoon tea uh, in Le Salon um, and, our, and, our, and at our pool bar as well. And what so did it's, you uh, do? Like a food and- Wait, wait. I was a food and beverage outlet manager in, in each of those outlets, essentially on a rotation of about a year and a half uh, throughout all the public dining outlets of the hotel. And then I moved over to banquets. So I, I actually got to take over as director of uh, banquets and catering, and I learned an area that I did not know at all prior to that. Um, so was, that that your last, was that your last stop before you became GM? No, no, I had two more. What were they? Uh, I, I returned back to the rooms division to be our rooms director, rooms operations director. And after uh, after about a, a year in that stint, I was up to general manager, up to the task of assistant general manager under David Teich, and then finally lucky enough to be the general manager of the hotel. Wow. So, wow. And you know, people, the reason I go through all of this and I've mentioned it before, but it's an important point. Every now and then I hear a, about um, a couple who has one of their children wants to work in a hotel and the only job they can get sounds menial to them in the kitchen or at the front desk or as a bellman or a porter or whatever. Um, and 
or out by the pool if it's a you know beachy destination um and the family is a bit embarrassed because they think their child should be doing something more glamorous more elevated with a more executive title and they are really not encouraging but the fact of the matter is you can't just walk in off the street although i've heard stories that where those sorts of things have been known to happen um you know and take the top job where it generally happens is the owner is the father or the uncle and his sister is making him crazy to take the nephew and make him something special and that sort of thing happens but the right way to do it is to get the experience and you start and roam your way around so we've got about a minute and a half that i would like you to plow through the following number one how many accommodations are there and how many heads and beds at full occupancy can you handle ralph uh there's about 360 there's 316 guest rooms 90 percent of which are suites uh and it's about a, a thousand people in the hotel altogether uh when we're at full capacity that's a very decent sized property and um, you already mentioned the number of dining outlets. Um, are there facilities for banquets and parties and meetings? Absolutely. And- Absolutely. We have about 10,000 square feet uh, of meeting space varying from beautiful rooftop ballroom space to uh, wonderful accommodations for a boardroom. Uh, there's a boardroom uh, meeting room and a library meeting room for wonderful breakouts or meetings as well. Uh, we can accommodate meetings and a wonderful venue for any catering functions as well. And um, do you do many weddings? Because it sounds like the we, perfect destination wedding place. We do. We do many, many weddings. Um, and, you know, it's almost like our catering team is essentially an arm all to itself to be your wedding planner. I mean, we really own it from the beginning of the process to the end. Uh, We're a one-stop shop. We can plan florals. We can plan table linen. Um, Obviously, we're going to do all the catering. And and we really customize everything for our our brides and grooms and and their families. Everything is customizable at the hotel, which which is beautiful. My darling audience, you know you already have a friend waiting for you at the Windsor Court Hotel in New Orleans. Go check him out and plan to visit and ask for Ralph when you get there. I want to thank you for joining us this hour. Everybody stay with me. This is Stephanie Abrams and we're flying high.